Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 14. My name's Tyler, and I'm here with Pastor Matthew Brandt. Uh, we're very excited about this week. We are. I think I should start with an ad read, shouldn't I? Let's do the ad read. Did you find a sponsor this week? Did I you did. I, some doors oh, or? I spent a lot of time finding the sponsor. This okay. is kind of a long ad read because it's not even really an ad read. This company doesn't really do ads, but our, our proud sponsor this week is uh, MLW Wiffleball. Uh, MLW Wiffleball is the world's most popular professional wiffleball league in the world with over 275,000 subscribers and 37 million views on YouTube, as well as 110,000 Instagram followers and 380,000 TikTok followers. I would like to add a personal note here that those numbers are low. This was their number about eight months to a year ago. They're, they're a little bit higher now. Mm-hmm. have to check mm-hmm. out their Instagram and YouTube to find out more. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the words of the league's founder, Kyle Schultz. Uh, Our league was built no different than you and your neighborhood friends league. In fact, all the way back in the fall of 2009, when I was 10 years old, that's exactly what happened. Me and my two brothers partnered up with our two neighborhood friends to form a five-person, two-team league. We would play wiffle ball every chance we could in the summer, and it's safe to say we were hooked from the start. The oldest player in our league at the time was 12, while the youngest was seven. So, where do they stand now? MLW currently features an eight-team league based out of Brighton, Michigan, as well as a tournament circuit where they host tournaments in Michigan, Ohio, New York, Massachusetts, and Illinois as of 2021. And I I would, again, personal note, they've they've played in Oklahoma as well now, uh, where anyone from the public can play. Over the years, we've been been thrilled to have been featured on SportsCenter, MLB, Bleacher Report, Barstool Sports, Yahoo Sports, Whistle Sports, among many others. And we can't credit the fans enough for putting us in that position. So thank you to MLW Wiffleball. You cannot, don't show them the back of your shirt. I didn't know you were wearing that. Uh, I'll explain what just happened there, but don't show them the back of your shirt. Um, sorry for freaking out everyone on the podcast. We just had a live studio audience member walk in. He almost ruined uh, uh, something that we have going on. You can sit down. <laughs> um, our live studio audience member's name is Nathan. Nate, say hello to everybody. Hello, Valley View Nation. <laughs> uh very fun fact about nate if you remember a few weeks ago when we we were advertising for our podcast shirt um nate came up with that nate was one of the three members that came up with the uh, valley view podcast should, t-shirt should we mention the other two people's names i feel like they deserve it that's true we can also attribute soren and caleb with uh, the creation of the shirt soren caleb and nate the three creators of the valley view podcast t-shirt mm. now you might be asking yourself why did i yell at nate to not turn around when he walked in and not show the back of his shirt yeah, I am asking that. <laughs> I will tell you why. I am also asking. So today we have a very special. This is like kind of our first repeat game. I think mm. this is uh this today is spelling oh, bee part I two. <laughs> and Nate, um, don't don't say the name, but but what are you wearing right now? I, I'm wearing a a football jersey. A right? football jersey. Yeah. Um. And if you're a viewer at home and you care at all about football, I just want you to guess what jersey Nate is wearing right now. Uh, because the name on the back of his jersey is one of my spelling B words. Mm, mm. So this is this is total coincidence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Matt just spit on me. <laughs> He's mad that I yelled at his son. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally did uh, discharge like a little piece of apple um, remnant right on Tyler's cheek. So I got it off. Tyler. Yeah, it's all right. That was, that was uh, one of our top five moments, probably. Yeah. Um, this is a top five podcast so far, I think. MLW sponsorship. Yeah, Nate Brandt walks in the room. Yeah, the first three minutes of this podcast have been 
really interesting. And I, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. So I interrupted you. you. Anyway, uh, Nate, I should tell you too, you should be prepared to talk a little bit on this podcast because oh, we have a, we have a topic that will include you as well. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to go first with this uh, spelling bee or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll kick it off here. So um, three words again, three words. And Matt has assured me that his words are harder. So I also made my words harder. Yeah. Than last time. Although I'm not sure that they're going to be as difficult as trying to spell someone's name who's from Polynesia or something. Well, like I grew that. up in Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> None of these words are Hawaiian in origin. Okay. If, if you're listening to the podcast and you know who we're talking about, shoot me a DM. Just tell me that you knew it before this point and I will believe you. Mm-hmm. before the point when i say it out loud yeah i think i'm going to be asked to spell the last name of a former alabama quarterback and it's not mac jones <laughs> <laughs> no it's gonna be the first name i'm gonna say spell tua <laughs> okay tyler i've got three words for you here we'll go in a back and forth format yep, so i'll give you time. one you'll give me one okay like and your first word don't is give me squirrel again please <laughs> accommodate accommodate so here's my question that i was thinking about Am I allowed to like write the word out to look at it or does it have to just be out of my brain? No, out of your brain. This is spelling bee style. If you want to, you know, some of the kids like pretend they're writing the word on their hand. You're free to do whatever you want. Okay. On your hand. That's it. Well, I mean, this word, just to get you into Tyler Magnuson's brain a little bit, this word is um, like, there's just one thing I'm tripping up on. It's the double letters, obviously, but mm-hmm. I would spell accommodate as follows. Accommodate. A-C-C-O-M-M-O-D-A-T-E. That accommodate. is correct. Yes. That is correct. Oh, don't look at my I had the answers for you just out in the open. That was impressive. Well done, Tyler. That's that, a, that was pretty good. Yeah. In light of what I feel like is coming my way, that might be enough to win the spelling bee right there. I guess we'll see. I mean, so this first word, I tried to, I tried to not make it, I tried to make it like a medium difficulty word from last time, but I did include a, a, just an element that you did like last time. So your word is querying. Ooh, querying. Mm-hmm. Would this be a synonym like for the word asking? Yeah. It's like asking a question. Okay. Querying. I just have to say my first thought was like, like querying like a oh. like a query it's like <laughs> when you when you go like get a rock or something oh like a quarry yeah yeah but yeah. i don't think that's what it's about querying okay i'll go with a query querying q u totally defeated right now q u e a r Y-I-N-G, querying. That is incorrect, but very close. There is no A in the word querying. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure where you got that A from. <laughs> <laughs> that is my, my nemesis, is the, uh, is the E-A um, letter combination. Oh, I thought you just said like Q's. Because remember I did Q last time, but like Q-U-E-U-E oh, right. or whatever it was. Right. Oh. Yeah. So what is the correct spelling of querying? Querying is spelled Q-U-E-R-Y-I-N-G. Mm. Mm querying mm-hmm. all right oh one here you go tyler this is one of my favorite spelling words of all oh, time no. i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to you here the the word is burgundy burgundy i can uh confirm that this is indeed one of, one of <laughs> matt brant's favorite spelling words <laughs> all right i'll try it out um i hope it's spelled like rod burgundy uh burgundy b-u-r-g-u-n 
D-Y. That's correct. Burgundy. That is correct. Tyler Magnuson is two for two. So you've got to get this one right. Otherwise, it's just over. Or it's over. Right. And it's not, not an easy word. I feel like it's probably already over since I have to, I'm going to have to spell Tagovailoa. <laughs> I guess I'll just give that one to you now. Your word is uh, Tagovailoa. And you can call this cheating. But I mean, we both know who he is. We both have seen his name on the back of jerseys before. Tua yeah. Tagovailoa graduated from Alabama. I don't know if he graduated, is current is the current starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in the NFL. Okay. Tagovailoa, that's your word. I'll, I'll let our listeners decide for themselves whether Tyler's um, use of a proper noun that is not in the dictionary <laughs> in the spelling bee um, is a valid uh, entry. In are, we, are we playing Scrabble? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tagovailoa, T-A-G- I V A O O A L A. That is incorrect. Tagovailoa is spelled T A G O V A I L O A. Tagovailoa. This is what you get for telling me that I could pick hard words. <laughs> Yeah, I said hard words, not hard names. <laughs> you can give me a name next time. Okay. Make me spell supercalifragilistic, whatever that word is. I don't okay. care. Okay. I'll, I'll look through NFL rosters to find them. I would actually love like that. that. I would love to do that. Okay. Okay. All right. So and I, that, that clinches something. That clinches that we're going to be tied one to one. For the spelling bee. Yeah. yeah Tyler so, has one. We'll go ahead and do the last, yeah, uh, the just last for fun. words. Just uh, for our sponsor, MLW Wiffleball. We'll, we'll do the third and one. Un- unrelated to um, current events or current topic your last word tyler is vengeance i don't even i don't know what current topic that would be related to but i just want you to unlock the uh i i do this thing on the podcast where i uh turn matt's phone towards him to try to unlock it because he has facial recognition um but it doesn't really always work it just leads to us both awkwardly stopping talking in the middle of our sentence. <laughs> Anyways, what's my word? Vengeance? Your word is vengeance. All right. Yeah. And I can use it in a sentence if you'd like me to. Okay. I would love it if you would use it in a sentence. Do you okay. have the language of origin as well? Um, language of origin is French. Oh, is that real? Uh, English, uh, well, English derivatives. Probably vengeance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, vengeance. I will take my vengeance on he whom uh, has rigged the spelling bee vengeance oh i thought your sentence would be and i will strike down upon me with great vengeance and furious anger dad when you listen to that text me and let me know that you heard me say that i'm hoping making you proud um vengeance v-e-n-g-e-a-n-c-e vengeance or is there no a Tyler, you are the spelling king. Was that was that right? You're correct. Sweet. Vengeance. See, guys, squirrel was a fluke. <laughs> squirrel was a fluke. Even even if I uh, had spelled Tagovailoa, I still would not have a chance against Tyler Magnuson. Do you want your third word? Yeah, I'll take my third word. Your third word is chrysanthemum. <laughs> so I'm staring down the barrel of 0 for 3 here. Um, chrysanthemum. C H R-Y-S-A-N-T-H-M-U-M, chrysanthemum. You were so close. Chrysanthemum is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-N-T-H-E, 
M-U-M. Uh, you just missed one letter. Ooh, I'll take it. I will take it. And actually, I feel pretty good about that. So what I'm hearing is the next spelling bee, we're both just going to be trying to destroy each other. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think it's I think it's on. We'll see when it happens. But uh, so now we're we done two and we're one and one. Oh, before we get into our our more serious main event, whatever topic of the day, yeah. I should uh, follow up on last week's discussion about um, mm. Subway cookies. Mm. Um, mm. We, I thank you all who who wrote in with your Subway cookie rating. The the average. Well, first of all, what were our cookie ratings? Do you remember what you rated Subway cookies? I gave it a six. Yep, and I gave it an eight because I really like Subway cookies. Um, the average cookie rating from our viewers was six point five. Ah, so they okay. agree with you more than me. All right. There it is. But uh, Matt, what are we talking about next today? What is our what is our topic that we're going to include, Mr. Nate? Mr. Nate, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about Christian education. Yeah. Oh. Um, maybe in a general sense. And then specifically uh, the value of um, one part of Christian education called seminary. Mm-hmm. You mentioned last time that it was. Some, it can sometimes be a little bit controversial. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you mean by that, Tyler. Um, yeah. And maybe st- maybe just start with what is seminary and then tell us why it can be controversial. In your sure. Um, and just for the viewers, the listeners, the listeners if you want to, maybe we'll do it a visual version of this podcast sometime, but for now it's all audio. Um, I'm glad it wasn't visual today with the projectile. As you spit all over me. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, we we're excited to have Nate here for this discussion because it gives us kind of three different three different levels of of seminary in here where we have Matt who is graduated from seminary, we have Tyler who is currently in seminary, and Nate who thought that it was cemetery when he was a kid, <laughs> and is thinking about going to seminary maybe at some point in his life. Right, right. I don't know if he's actually thinking about that, but that's what uh, that's what his dad told me, so that's what I'm going with. Um, Anyways, uh, seminary, if you're wondering, if you've never heard of that word before and think it should be pronounced cemetery, um, seminary is, it's like graduate level Christian education. Um, the most, the most common seminary degree is the master's of divinity, which is like, it's a master's degree for people who want to be pastors typically, Mm -hmm. or people who are working in ministry or just people who want that kind of education. Mm -hmm. Um, it's controversial because, uh, some people don't think it's necessary. I mean, depending on your denomination, um, you may need to have a master's to, to get hired. You may not even have to have a bachelor's degree to get hired. I mean, my, my youth pastor growing up was a great youth pastor. He didn't even have his bachelor's. I mean, he had been a teacher, so he had a, a bachelor's in teaching, but he had no vocation. Like he had no school ministry experience. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, there are, there are a decent number of people who just don't see seminary and that kind of that kind of education is necessary. Honestly, some people just see it as a ripoff in a way that the church takes money from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it would be worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have anything else, positives or negatives, uh, that people associate with the concept of seminary? Um, I think it's interesting that the word seminary comes from the word uh, nursery. Um, and uh, you pronounce nursery like you're from Iowa, just, <laughs> just as a note. <laughs> How is that? Um, Iowans pronounce s's sometimes like they should be an sh oh and they put r's right? places that r's shouldn't be like um i i love you emily um we i we decided recently i mean i decided for us recently that when we have a kid my whole life i wanted to name my first son benjamin um we've decided that we cannot name our first son benjamin because iowans do this other thing where they put r's in words so she pronounces it benjamin and i don't want the kid's mom to pronounce his name wrong his whole life <laughs> but the, those are the two things iowans do they they put r's after a's when they don't need to be there and they'll pronounce um 
they'll pronounce words that don't need to have an sh sound with a very defined sh sound so like washing is a great example of that they put the r and they accentuate the sh and say washing hey correct me if i'm wrong here but i believe your wife is a minnesotan yeah and you're ragging on iowans for putting r's in words where they don't belong what, yeah. am, what am i missing here? oh you're missing that uh her grandparents are farmers in iowa and her dad picked up a lot of their lingo and passed it to her hmm. Hmm. so yeah you're i mean you are right if you want to be if you want to be distinct about it sh- yeah she's a minnesotan and mm-hmm. she talks like that but she talks like that because her family is from iowa because mm-hmm. i'm well mm-hmm. my mom's from iowa but mm-hmm. i don't talk like that mm-hmm. because my mom uh, did not pick up the dialect okay so my mom's also from northern iowa and, about a subset of iowa yeah then. central southern iowa specifically because northern iowa they, at least my mom talks like she's from minnesota <laughs> i think it is pronounced nursery that's that's the that's the best yeah, it's way nurse, to do it. It's nursery. <laughs> it's nursery. No, it's not. It is. It's not nursery. It is. <laughs> this is this the last time I have you on the podcast. <laughs> this is totally off the rails. Now I can't even remember how I said the word. I think I say it nursery. Yeah. Right. Which I would say is wrong. What's the, okay? Give us the correct pronunciation of that word. Nursery, and that's how it's pronounced because it's how it's spelled. Okay. N-U-R-S-E-R-Y. Okay. Okay. All not right. N-U-R-S-H-E-R-Y. Guilt. Guilty as charged. My wife knows. So I'm on a spelling I have, kick. <laughs> I have no room to talk about correct pronunciations of words because I do. I mispronounce words all the time just for fun. Nate is vigorously nodding. Yeah, yeah. vigorous would be a good spelling b word. <laughs> I would have. I would have rather had that today. I'm all I'll over the map. It. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> a seminary comes from the word nursery. Seminary comes from the word nursery. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's Latin. I think it's of Latin origin, but you know, I think it it tells us like what the root concept is like um a place of growth right um growth I, I would say for me it was a place of growth and knowledge and character a place of shaping like before you go out into like full-time ministry sure. so like a child starts out in a nursery before they graduate to classroom and whatever it's a place where uh, you can be formed shaped taught before you go out um i think in terms of controversy right now, one of the big ones is um, how much should a seminary education include what we could call practical skills mm. um, for dealing with people and leadership and things like that versus how much should it be academic? How much room is there in the seminary education for practical skills you know, in a realm that has typically been and historically been reserved for academic study. Um, I think that's the big question right now. You know, right. you've probably heard this many, many times. People will say, well, you know, they didn't teach you that in seminary. Right. You know, there's this conflict between we want our pastors to know a lot about the Bible and be scholars. And then there can be kind of a level of disappointment when they don't handle other things. Well, it's yeah. like, well, maybe seminary should include this and this and this and this. Because there's a lot of running a church that is not about your Bible knowledge. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it should all be informed by your Bible knowledge. But like, yeah, yeah how, yep. you, how you handle budgeting things is yes. not directly applicable to what you learned in seminary typically. Yep. And, and then, you know, there's no shortage of um, reasons why people would say that we've seen a lot of leadership failures in the church uh, mm-hmm. abusive leadership abuse of power um big time character failures so then you look at well what was the training like like right. was there any spiritual component to this was it all academic and so i think that's the big question right now is how do we want our pastors to be trained right um I, do you have an opinion on that tyler the whole academic versus practical well, wow, this mm, so this is where I was thinking we could go next would be just to have 
we can bring Nate in on this and each of the three of us just explain where we're at, like what we think of seminary, where we're at. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be good to start with Nate because he presumably would know the least because he hasn't been to seminary yet. Sure. And then go to me on my way through and then to you with a little bit of time between you and there to look at it. All right, let's do it. I think we got time for that. How much we, we got? We got, uh, we've got yeah, nine. We, we got 10 minutes. We've got nine. Three minutes a person. Minutes. We got that. All right. Um, so Nate, Nate, how old are you? Uh, you can, you can share as much or as little about your age as you would like. I, oh, let's see. You can say, uh, the year, year in school. You can say your year. I am in 12th grade. Wow. So you're a high school senior. I <laughs> am senior. done with my 11th grade year <laughs> and now I am in 12th grade. So Nate. What do you, well, first, is your dad, was your dad telling me the truth? Or is, is seminary something that you're thinking about? It is, okay. definitely. Um, and so what, what do you think of it? What, what is your vibe looking forward to it? My vibe of seminary is like where you learn about Greek and <laughs> Hebrew and how to use that to interpret the Bible and just like really hardcore training on the Bible. And I think my expectation would be would be that coming out of seminary, I would have, I would have the tools um, to interpret and teach the Bible um, well. Nice. That I I laughed a little bit when you mentioned learning Greek, but not because <laughs> not because that's anything bad. It's because I mean, do you have more? Or should I move to mine? No, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, I. I, I laughed because that what you just said is exactly what I was expecting. Like I was expecting I'd go in and get like <laughs> two years of Greek and two years of Hebrew yeah. and come out fluent in them both. And you probably would have, if I would have been in seminary, you know, and when I was born, like in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, but my at Northwestern Northwest and a lot of seminaries are moving this way. They're moving towards Nate was talking, not Nate, Matt was talking about the like practical academic, you know, mm-hmm. bends between them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these, the seminaries that will give you a good deal um, are seminaries that are moving towards the more practical side, which makes sense. I mean, they're preparing, the, their mindset is they want to prepare people who are in ministry for a degree that's very practical to what they're doing. Um, that that shows through in the pricing, it shows through in the scheduling, and it shows, uh, shows through in the classes. Um, so I went in expecting to learn a bunch of Greek and Hebrew. And the only thing that my seminary required for, uh, for Greek was an eight-week class that taught us the basics of Greek and then how to study a commentary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really disappointed by that. I mean, I, I wanted a lot more and I, so I went ahead and I'm, you know, I'm being tutored in Greek now so I can have a language. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do Hebrew as well, but, um, that, that was one thing that I was expecting that I didn't really get, but that's something that it'd be pretty easy for me to, if I would have done my research, I could have made sure I went to a seminary that gave me that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really look into it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but on a, on a broader level, I'm, very happy with my seminary experience like northwestern i think does a really good job of balancing the practical and the academic um like i'm taking multiple systematic theology classes but also my class right now i mean it's part of a part of an emphasis that i'm doing in my program but my class right now is called managerial leadership so it's it's i mean it's learning how to be in charge of an organization or work in an organization which you know i i i told matt right before we were having a meeting before this and i said uh, i would love to retire a youth pastor but even even if I retire as a youth pastor, I'm never in charge of a church. It's still good to know how to manage and, and work with people and lead people. So you, you would be a great 65 year old youth pastor, Tyler. I hope so. That's I mean, that's what I hope to be. I don't know if I will be, but not everybody can pull that off. But you could. That's let me, the hope. Let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, in, you know, in the day that we live in where there's so many good commentaries and there's so much great Bible study software. And it's not really necessary. Maybe 
the argument could be made it's yeah. less necessary now to learn the it's the argument languages. that yeah it's the argument that the schools like the one i go to make exactly yeah what what's the benefit to you of, of taking the time to actually learn greek and hebrew when there are so many good material bible study materials right. out there that in the argument gets made that's not necessarily for necessary for everybody to learn the languages just use this great bible study software what um What's the benefit to you? What do you see the benefit of taking time to learn Greek and Hebrew for right. yourself? Well, in this, I mean, this borders on the Bible translations discussion we had a few weeks back, but I, I, I will never make the argument that like, if you don't learn Greek or Hebrew, you can't understand the Bible as like as fully or as deeply as someone who does know those languages, because you can misinterpret things no matter how much knowledge you have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really thought it was necessary for me and something that I really wanted to do because I mean, there's just something about reading it in the language that it was written that just appeals to me. It just sounds really cool to me. And it, it is cool to me when I get to do it. Um, and it, it's, I mean, it's, it's another tool, like it's another tool in my belt, you know, that like I can come at the Bible from this additional angle of like, okay, so I read this in English. And again, I, I'll say it again, like the Bible is divinely inspired. As, as long as you have a translation that is faithful, you're reading the divinely inspired Bible. I mean, that's what we believe as evangelicals. Right. Um, <clears throat> being able to come at it from both English and Greek, I feel like it, I mean, it gives me more, like I said, more angles. I, I can come at it from, from multiple different angles, see, oh, honestly, the English helps me understand this more than the Greek or, oh, the, the way that Greek uses this word and other places that Greek uses the same word, that brings out a fuller meaning in the English for me. Like so, last night in our Bible study. Yeah, like, like last night at a, like last night at youth group, we were talking about, I forget what the word was, but it was, yeah. I think it was ego a me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, G- Jesus says, I am in John a bunch of times and that ego a me I am is how God reveals his name to Moses in the old Testament mm. when they translate it from Hebrew to Greek, mm. they translate it ego a me. Mm. So when Jesus says that in John, people usually try to stone him like, and, and you can get that without knowing Greek. I mean, the, I, Nate understands that concept now because we talked about it last night. Um, it's just fun to be able to have that extra angle of like, Oh, there that is in the original language. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I'm studying it because I, like adding to my tool belt and I like pursuing God in this way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does. Yeah. And I, I share those feelings myself. I mean, here's something that I did not understand for a long time growing up. The, the translators of your English Bible have made decisions. Mm-hmm. They have had to look at the original text and make decisions from among various options about what they think is the best reading of the text. Mm -hmm. And then they have put that into print in their particular translation. And the translators of the King James translated one way, same with the NIV, same with the NASB, every translation they've had to make decisions. When you understand Greek, for instance, the New Testament, when you actually know the language, you are able to evaluate the decision that the translators have made right? and decide for yourself whether you think they've made the right decision or if you think another translation is closer to what it should be. And I think that's what I didn't understand. I, I think before seminary, I just thought it was kind of, a, okay, it's letter A, yep. they've translated it as A, exactly. and it's B, and they translate it as B. But it's much more complex than that. When you know the language, you can decide for yourself if you think they've translated it faithfully or if you think there's a better translation out there. Yeah, and, and it's because language is 
Uh, Nate's heading out. Everybody at, at home in your places, say goodbye to Nate. Nate, say goodbye to our. Bye, guys. I have to go back to school. Have fun at school, Nate. Have fun with your senior year. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks for being a guest, Nathan. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was an honor. This I hope. Been the highlight of my day. <laughs> Good. I hope the I hope the recording's picking that up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't give Nathan a spelling word. Next time. Ah, next time. Thanks. Next time he comes back. He may be going to spelling class. Probably. <laughs> Senior year spelling class. Um, yeah. I was gonna say one more thing about Greek, and then with the last minute and a half, you mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about seminary. Um, I just I you mentioned that translators make decisions, and that's just because of how languages function. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greek does the order of their words differently than English. Like, mm-hmm. it, we're very focused on word order in English, and in Greek, it's about the endings of the words. So a translator has to decide, like, okay, this ending means this. So do I put it here or here? And do I, do I bring out this meaning or this meaning? What did the author who mm-hmm. wrote it intend? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that, that was why when I talked about like Bible translations, I was like, yeah, NASB and ESB are great if you want a word for word translation. If you, if you don't think that the word order matters so much because Greek word order and English word order are different, then maybe you want a different translation. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, with yeah. one minute and 10 seconds to go, how was your seminary experience, Matt? What do you, what do you think looking back upon mm. it? Uh, it was a gift of God's grace. Um, I loved it. It was exactly the experience that I desired. Um, I, I think I value the seminary education for what it is. And as much as people might say like, well, it needs to include this, it needs to include more of this or that or practical skills. I think what it's designed to do is a very important function and at least, at least the seminary that I went to, I think, does it very well. Just giving you the tools that you need to um, be a faithful expositor, um, Bible interpreter, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, exegete. I got the words mixed up. Faithful exegete of the text and teach you how to exposit it, how to give it out. So mm-hmm. um, studying the Bible, preaching the Bible. And then they give you um, a little bit on a lot of other things like counseling right. and like leadership. And they just, they can't do it all. But um, I loved my experience. I think it was great. Um, I'd recommend my seminary to anybody. The best thing about it was the graciousness of the people that taught there. Mm-hmm. And um, that really came through. And I'm really thankful that I got to spend that four years um, doing just that. Yep. It was a, it was a gift of grace. And I'm grateful that you get to do that too, Tyler. It's really it. valuable. I'm liking it. And I'm uh, thinking about what's next. We were just talking about that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all the time we have. Uh, I'm sorry that we went just a tad over 30, but and I I'm hope you guys can forgive sorry us. that I um, spat apple onto your face. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry that I gave you much harder spelling words than you gave me <laughs> um, next week. What are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. But let's uh, let's uh, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, let's do this again. I like that soft ending. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thank you to Nate Brandt for uh, being on this week.